Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I am delighted to be joined by John Healy, Vice President of the Data Center Group and GM of the Data Center Network Solutions Group at Intel. Hey, Allison. So, John, you've got a new title since we last talked. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, tell me a little bit about the scope of focus in your new organizations in terms of data center network solutions. Yeah, so we're really building from the work we've been doing for the last several years. The renewed focus, or maybe the refined focus, is in how we can best enable our partner base and our customer base mm -hmm. to realize the deployments of NFV, to bring them through this phase we've been through of POCs and trials and early deployments and now really start to accelerate the market. So a solution-centric approach is all about bringing together the different technologies we have internally in Intel and those across our partner base and really starting to enable the implementations of the first use cases all the way through to final deployment and extract all those learnings and value from them so that we can help to remove barriers and remove challenges for the next wave of deployments that will come because they can benefit from the learnings of the ones we've been supporting. So think of a solution as how do we prove all the way through to the implementation that the goodness that was promised can really be realized and fulfilled. It seems like there's a shift in thinking at this MWC from more talk about standards definitions in, in previous years to really how do we get to an end-to-end -end solution right. and how do we drive automation and composability across that end-to-end -end experience. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's very evident this time around that there are some really hot-button sort of themes. One is 5G and mm -hmm. the value and the need to get to a completely revolutionized network. And then the second is, what does end-to-end -end really mean then? Because in the end of the day, the whole transformation of an uh, infrastructure and the network specifically was about getting to a new state mm -hmm. that allows for experiences, new services, new ways of, of uh, interacting that have much higher value, that are much more tuned and more capable of being defined around the demographic or the customer base or application type that they're supporting. Now, all of that's been the end state desired for some time, but in previous MWCs, we really looked at the various technology evolutions and what was happening with the technology, how was it standardizing, what was the next phase. Mm -hmm. And I was commenting to somebody earlier today that that's still there, but it's more kind of embedded now. Now we're starting to see, well, what does it actually enable? Right. Connected cars, connected cities, you know, the kinds of experiences that can be enabled like augmented reality and virtual reality. What does machine learning and artificial intelligence mean to you? And you can start to see that now. Now behind that is still the evolution of the network, the changes in the technology, the need for standardization and composability of different resource types, stuff we've talked about before. That's all mm -hmm. continuing, but we're starting to see what end-to-end -end looks like when you connect device through the edge of the network, back through to the data center and into the cloud. So let's talk about 5G. You know, Obviously, if there is one Uber buzzword at yeah. MWC, it's 5G. Yeah. A lot of folks talk about 5G in terms of the endpoint experiences. So you mentioned some of them, automated driving, broader sensor networks, um, enhanced engagement with individuals. So mm -hmm. bringing new experiences to the end device for an actual user to experience. Right. When you look at that, how does that change the requirements of the actual network end to end 
to deliver that? And what would happen if we use legacy networking infrastructure to try to deliver the connectivity scale of a sensor network or the speed requirements, the latency requirements of a ADAS network, for right. example? Yeah, it really presents the almost perfect state that the network is trying to evolve toward that gives rise to all of the benefit that is then enabled by a software-controlled, software-defined infrastructure, software-defined mm-hmm. network. Because legacy networks were really designed around creating connectivity to the device. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they didn't have was the ability to create network instantiations around the service on a per-service type. Now, let me explain what I mean. If you have a highly latency-sensitive application that you want to support, you really want to tune the network end-to-end to support the parameters required of that low latency in experience or low latency set of expectations. But you may have right beside that an application that is more demanding of greater uh, scale and density and higher traffic throughput. Configuring the network then to support that created a trade-off. So in a legacy implementation, you were trading off amongst all those types of requirements and trying to set for the average state. With 5G, this concept of network slicing becomes implicit because that's part of the specification. And what network slicing says is it will allow the network end-to-end to to be configured around the parameters of each of the service types or or sets of experience types that are being deployed and being enabled. Mm -hmm. So the network can be configured end-to-end, dedicated for a slice for that low latency environment, dedicated with a slice for the higher capacity, you know, more mm-hmm. throughput oriented, et cetera, et cetera, more secure, depending on what each one might require. And think of that like virtualization end-to-end across the network. Right, the or network, resource pools. In a resource way. pooling. And for that to occur, you need NFV, you need a software configurable network so you can compose the resources and enable them and implement them based on the requirements of the slice that you're trying to create or the service that you're trying to enable. So it's implicit in this journey now that we enable and we fulfill the promise of NFV and software-defined uh, infrastructures to get there. When you think about the scale of such a model and you think about the tens of billions of devices that are going to be connected worldwide, automated provisioning becomes a requirement. Absolutely. Where is the industry in terms of the software development to support that? And do you see... Um, the comms industry looking at new technologies like machine learning or artificial intelligence to make the network smarter in terms of that provisioning. Yes, but it is still a journey. Mm -hmm. So the stage we're at now and a lot of the focus we're applying both internally in Intel and with our partners is in this stage of what people call virtual function onboarding or VNF onboarding, Mm -hmm. some will describe it, which is really how we can best optimize for the integration of the various functions and their management and orchestration within the network. There is a lot of opportunity that we're trying to enable around how we harmonize some of those areas. There's technologies within that, things like information modeling and data modeling and such, that if harmonized will give rise to a more seamless way to bring all of these different functions together. That becomes part of enabling there's a more automated approach. So you don't have to have different schemes of orchestration on a per environment basis. So harmonizing there is really important. Then you take the stage even beyond that, assuming you can achieve that, there's now how you apply machine learning and artificial intelligence to the network so that it becomes a more self-automating environment all the way through from ensuring that the provisioning of the right resources can be assigned at day one, Mm -hmm. but also continually and dynamically reassigned based on the parameters of the traffic in the network, the parameters and the changes in the behavior of the service type. So you need to be capable of ensuring the network can respond to those on an ongoing basis. 
then you open up a very interesting area that's machine learning centric specifically around the healing of the network or the security of the network. Mm -hmm. Because in a very scalable, virtualized, highly software dependent environment, you create a lot of interesting dynamics that are not as predictable as they were in the hardware-centric and hardware-fixed environment. Now, that becomes a challenge to be overcome, but it's a challenge that is very possibly solved with machine learning. Right. Because now the network has the ability to take all of the telemetry data that's being captured across the nodes, across the various points within the infrastructure, and make decisions based on the themes that it detects, such that it can then predictively prevent challenges before they occur or prevent issues and outages before they occur. And that level of insight into the way the network is operating is something that we would never had that le level right. of flexibility before. Now you consider how you marry that to these, all of these new use cases that we see here at MWC, very 5G oriented use cases, and you have the ability to have an infrastructure that is truly self-automating in how it can respond to how the service is being experienced, but how it's also making adjustments ahead of time so that your experience of those services is never compromised mm -hmm. because the infrastructure is behaving uh, in advance of any issue that could occur. Are there any specific standards organizations or open source initiatives that are critical here? Yeah, well, really, it is a combination of the work that's occurring with partners, and we're very involved in a lot of those activities. In fact, some of these are about bringing together the VNF, the ISVs, the independent software vendor communities with their functions and doing onboarding work. We have some work going on here with VMware in a hackathon, you know, bringing together VNF vendors, showing what it looks like to bring them together and onboard them, as I described earlier, into an orchestration scheme. Then we're very involved in the various MANO communities, the management and orchestration open source communities. Uh, in fact, there was a big announcement, you know, of the integration of what was OpenO, a MANO project that we'd been involved in since the beginning, and now a new project that brings together the ecomp work in AT&T and OpenO into a new project called ONAP. They're the communities, in addition to the work in OPNV, where truly cross-industry collaboration, cross-industry innovation, contribution to the various projects within those is helping to spur forward and accelerate the development of these different concepts that we've talked about. That's where it's happening. Now, in addition to that, then there continues to be open standards evolution in Etsy and in other bodies to try to ensure that we have the right APIs and the right interfaces so that the promise of multi-vendor interoperability can continue to be preserved. Because what's really important in this industry, and we've talked about this in several chip chats in the past, is that we don't stray from the original goals of open standards, open interfaces, multi-vendor interoperability, mm -hmm. and that we truly realize the promise of what was set from the very outset of this vision of a transformed infrastructure, and that 5G then benefits from all of that good infrastructural work that's happened in advance. What really struck me as you were talking is there's some interesting players there. This is truly a revolution in the network industry. Technologies that have matured in the cloud, which were IT-oriented data center technologies, are marrying with years and years of network competence and technologies and methods of implementation. And we're seeing this massive blending across all of these different verticals and all these different domains, which is leading to a new normal, a new future. John, one final question for you. If folks want to find out what Intel is doing in this space, where would you send them for more information? We can point them to our online resources through intel.com and several of the subtexts within that where we have published a lot of the collaterals and the materials that we're developing around the work that we're doing in this market. Thank you so much for the time today, sir. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, 
and intel.com slash data center optimization.